0: Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do all things, and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me which I did not know. Hear, and I will speak. I will question you, and you make it known to me. I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you therefore i despise myself and repent in dust and ashes and so just this first bit the first six verses is job answering god in repentance and he actually quotes god's words back to him when god says to him who is this who hides counsel without knowledge verse 3 or "Hear and i will speak i will question you god says that and joe quotes it in verse 4 And Job is almost internalizing God's word, and therefore everything he says here in these verses is a response to God's word to him. And I think that shows that Job has been listening in the first place, and therefore he's responding to what he has heard. And that's true repentance. Repentance is not just feeling, oh, I feel so bad. But repentance is a response and a turning back to God, and especially a turning back to God's word. And he, he admits, I've uttered what I did not understand, verse 3, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. And verse 5, I'd heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now, but now my eye sees you. Now I see you, I've encountered you. And therefore I despise myself and I repent in dust and ashes. Let me see what the footnote says. I am comforted in dust and ashes. And I think that word comfort, or repent in verse 6 is significant because that's what Job has been looking for all throughout this ordeal with his friends. He's looking for comfort, but his friends have not given him comfort. But somehow this repentance and this lowliness and self-abasement before God actually gives him a strange kind of comfort in amidst his suffering. That means God is with him in the midst of this suffering, if that makes sense. And notice that God does not tell him the reason for his suffering. I think, you know, that's the significance of verse 3 again. I've uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me. God does not say, I made this wager with Satan in chapters 1 and 2. We know that because we have the book of Job. Job doesn't know that. And yet, Job is comforted. Why? Because what he's seeking is this answer, this presence, this word of God, that God is with him. And God has spoken to him. And therefore, God has comforted Job in his word, in his encounter with Job. Verse 7, After the Lord has spoken these words to Job, the Lord said to Eliphaz the Temanite, My anger burns against you and against your two friends, for you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. Now therefore, Take seven bulls and seven rams, and go to my servant Job, and offer up a burnt offering for yourselves. And my servant Job shall pray for you, and I will accept his prayer, not to deal with you according to your folly. For you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. So Eliphaz the Temanite, and Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Namathite went and did what the Lord had told them, and the Lord accepted Job's prayer. God constantly speaks of Job as his servant, and his servant Job has spoken right of God, but his friends, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar, have not spoken right of God, and therefore they need God's forgiveness. And God says, therefore, go to Job and ask Job to pray for you. Verse 8 Take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job. Offer up and offer up burnt offerings for yourself. And Job will pray for you and I will accept his prayer on your behalf, not to deal with you according to your folly. And so Job becomes this mediator, this middleman on behalf of his three friends. And it's amazing that God vindicates Job Job, who has been asking for God's, you know, answer. Job, who feels as if he's been wronged. And these three friends who thought they were on God's side, they're the ones who are now facing God's judgment. Interesting, isn't it? That they've spoken wrongly of God. In the attempt to defend him, in the attempt to defend his honor, they had not spoken right of God. Verse verse 8 again, you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. So interesting, again, that Job has spoken right of God, and they have not. I think it says to me to be very careful, especially when you feel angry, hot under the collar. You feel angry as if somehow God's honor has been challenged, but actually it's your honor or God's justice has been challenged, but actually it's your sense of righteousness whereby you feel as if you need to give that answer. And just to be just a tad careful that actually, are you actually defending God's honor or yours? And I think they've spoken according to their folly. They've not spoken wisely. And actually it is Job who in speaking in his position of suffering and of being humbled, And almost asking for this audience with God, you know, and asking for this justice in the face of injustice. You know, it means that actually Job is the one who's spoken wisely. And it also affirms, therefore, that Job has been suffering not because of his sin. You know, that's what the friends were claiming about God. God is punishing you because you are sinful. But actually Job is suffering, but suffering not because of sin suffering actually because he is not sinful, actually because he's blameless. But God has allowed this sin and, well, this, not sin, this suffering to come into his life. And therefore, there is this kind of category for the blameless, the righteous, suffering. And of course, prepares us for Jesus, prepares us for that passage we're looking at together tomorrow at 1 Peter chapter 4, that we suffer as we share in the sufferings of Christ, suffering righteously as we bear his name, suffering and trusting in God, who is the faithful creator and continuing to do good, even though it might cost us suffering. Verse 10, and the Lord restored the fortunes of Job, and when he had prayed for his friends, Uh, And the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then came to him all his brothers and sisters and all who had known him before and ate bread with him in his house. And they showed him sympathy and comforted him for all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him. And each of them gave him a piece of money and a ring of gold. And the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than the beginning. And he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. Let me just look up Job um, chapter one, maybe? Job chapter one, because I think it does mention there how many sheep he has. So Job chapter one, verse three, says that he has 7,000 sheep, but now he has 14,000 sheep. He had 3,000 camels, and now he has 6,000. He had 500 oxen, and now he has 1,000 oxen and 500 female donkeys, now 1,000 female donkeys. So exactly double of everything he had before. God blessed him and doubled everything he had before. He also had seven sons and three daughters, and he called the name of the first daughter Jemima, and the second, the name of the second Kedziah, and the name of the third Kerenhapuk. And let's see if he it mentions his sons. He had seven sons and three daughters. Job chapter one and verse two. Here he has seven sons and three daughters. So he has the same number of sons and daughters. Uh, and I remember a talk by Tim Keller which says that, oh, why doesn't God double therefore his family? And it presupposes that actually Job has double his friend, his family in the sense that his sons and his daughters who died in that initial chapters, they will be with him again in the resurrection. So at that point of time, he will have double. So it's, it's wonderful, actually. It's almost a prefigurement for that hope of the resurrection that he actually hasn't lost his family. So, and in all the land, verse 15, there were no women so beautiful as Job's daughters, and their father gave them an inheritance among their brothers. And after this, Job lived 140 years. And I think this is double the, the average lifespan of 70 years 140 years, and saw his sons and his sons' sons for generations. And Job died an old man and full of days. So it ends with this blessing that God will restore to Job everything is lost because Job has turned back to him. And the turning point is verse 10. And the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he had prayed for his friends. So the turning point is, first of all, God coming and speaking to Job, but it's also then Job speaking on behalf of his friends. It's only after that that Job acts as this mediator that God then blesses Job in his position now as this priest on behalf of his friends who've spoken foolishly on behalf of God. So there you have it. You know, this happy ending, I guess. You know, this this amazing ending that God actually um, doesn't answer Job the why of suffering, but shows him that he is not wrong in his suffering, that he was blameless. And he shows him by answering his friends by punishing them, by using Job himself and, res- and using him as this intermediator and praying for his friends, and finally blessing Job and restoring to him everything that he's lost, not least his family. And I guess here is that hope for every Christian as well, you know, who will suffer in the name of Christ, that, you know, at times, you know, we won't know we, we won't have any idea why is this happening, but God will just assure us by his presence that, you know, um, you know, he knows, and we might not know. He is controlled even though we feel as if we are weak, and we have to trust in him and entrust ourselves to him, and at the end of the day, God will restore to us. In the new age, in the age to come when Jesus returns, there will be a kind of compensation that will be uh, wiping away from all the tears that will be still sadness to be wiped away but you know God is no one's debtor and that it will almost be worthwhile the kind of life that we will live today if it is in obedience to God's word and will if it leads to suffering for his name's sake that at the end of the day God will see and God will justify and God will rectify that imbalance of that suffering with his glory and with his blessing. So, yeah, so that's Job chapter 42. Very satisfying yeah, ending.